Empathize, but not sympathize. Right? Normalize. Let me get in your shoes and see things from your view. Let me understand your perception of me. Hello and welcome to F&I Talk Outside the Box from EFG Companies. I'm Dave Gibbs, Training Manager with EFG Companies. And I'm Jason Hash. I'm also a Training Manager with EFG Companies. So this week we're discussing how to connect with your customer in order to build a compelling product presentation. So, Jason, what, do you, what have you seen out there in, in the field? Man, you've been EFG almost eight years now, right? Six, but yes, thank you. Six or eight. I think there's a song in there. So in the time that you've been out in the field, the times that you've done dozens and dozens of F&I classes, this has got to be a focal point of the discussion. It's huge, Dave, because most of the time, you know, we've, we've talked before about um, selling products from a menu or right. selling in a monologue style. The fact right. that, you know, most presentations that we see, it's one person talking, the F&I manager usually. Um, and the customer, we don't know if they're tracking. We don't know if they're involved. Right. We don't know if they, you know, if, what they're feeling or, or if they even trust us or want, want to hear about what we have to say in the first place. Yeah. So you know, We've been training. They've been training. We've been taught for years uh, to ask questions. Everybody knows you need to ask qualifying or, or needs analysis questions. The only sure. problem is the type of questions we're asking uh, are becoming a challenge. Yeah, so at EFG, I agree. That's an excellent point, Jason. Uh, we, we take a different perspective when it comes to that. So instead of it being more of a monologue, a big, a big tell or a data dump, we get into conversation with the customer through utilizing probing questions and active listening. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, and now, you know, we talk a lot about probing questions, but even before that, you know, we discuss the fact that you know, we have certain pre-planned questions. And let's take the interview, for example. Um, you know, a lot of people, they come out to do an interview. It's all business, if you ever notice. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're asking all the questions. How long are you going to keep the car? Who's going to be in the car? How many miles are you going right. to in your car? How long are you going to keep it? When's your trade cycle? You know, and right. great questions. The only thing is, customers today, do you think they have heard those questions before and they know why we're asking them? Yeah, they, I, I think they have, you know, for the most part. And, you know, the result of that can be they just immediately go, all right, here we go again. I've got this guy. I'm sure some I've even seen where they've stopped me in the past, you know, when I was in the office and said, I know why you're asking these questions and I don't want any of those products, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm finished right away. Yeah, and would you, would you, and I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, would you, what would you say contributes to that? I mean, the fact that we have such little time, I mean, here are the customers, they've been in the dealership for a while, we're the last, our, our position, we're, we're kind of the last in line, so to speak. And there's pressure from the salesperson to go ahead and deliver that customer. We feel that pressure as well to get them in and get them out. Do you think maybe that can contribute to some of that monotone monologue, just make it business and not expand the conversation? Sure, it could. And there's a lot of pressures. You know, there's pressures to hit your numbers. There's pressures from your, you know, the uh, sales managers, like you said before. Um, but, you, you know, if you... Want to master your craft? You have to deal with the pressures in every aspect of our business. That's but, true. You know, it's it's an easy switch. That's the positive thing. The silver lining is it's a very easy switch, and it's simply stop asking the closed-ended direct questions and gather the information in a different way. What kind of questions do we usually use to gather information, Dave? Well, it's it's typically with a more open-ended question. Yeah, and in our interview, we're using that as an example. You know, we have this part directly after the initial introduction, 
you know, we usually build rapport. It's a whole conversation dialogue. You know, we need to learn about the customer. What are uh, what's a good question you think you could throw out there to uh, get the customer to you know start talking and get a dialogue started? Yeah, Jason, that's a good point and 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 a good question. My one of my favorites is after I get through the the formalities of introducing myself, kind of setting up expectations and letting them know that they'll have ample opportunity to ask me whatever they need to and thanking them for their business. I always just do something as simple as, so Mr. and Mrs. Hash, what was it that put you in the market today? Sure. That's a great question. The trigger you've had, right? There's a reason yeah. you're there. This is still a huge purchase. Yeah. You know, um, I've also, I've gone beyond that once, you know, once you hear what their response is and, you know, typically when I'm verifying some of the information, I might ask them, so what was it that made you choose an Infinity uh, QX60, for instance, to try to get some more dialogue going between myself and the customer? Well, sure. And plus, if you know, if I, you ask somebody what put them in the market, and let's say, you know, two and a half years ago, we would have said, well, we're having a child uh, in addition to the family. Well, what other information does that give you, the F&I manager? Well, it gets me quite a bit. I mean, uh, for, just like it would the sales associate that, that figured that out, right? It would give me an opportunity to realize, well, number one, I get to celebrate with you. Uh, you know, with having children myself, that's a moment for me to connect. The other part of it is the fact that you have a child, things like safety and comfort, accessibility, moving that car seat in and out, making sure the child's cool. Um, the interior of the vehicle can kind of take a pounding. I mean, you're a father yourself. You've got a young child. I mean, that's sure. That's, that's Sometimes it looks yeah. like a sippy cup exploded in the back seat. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So these are the type of, of probing questions that, that you would recommend to uh, really to generate conversation with the customer and connect. Well, Is that sure. the ultimate goal? And all, another thing that you said was, you know, connection, we want to find common ground. That's sales 101. You have to find common ground as soon as possible. So through open-ended questions, right. you mentioned, you know, the, the trigger event. You know, and then after that, you said it started leading you to certain things like safety because I'm having a child. So common sense says safety is going to be important to me or performance. So it leads to all their buying motives. You know, what's exactly. great about being the F and office today is every single buying motive a customer has, you can relate to technology and computers in, in the cars. Sure. Never before has it been this way. So it's actually a great time to be an F and I because the engine and transmission probably run well. It's all the computers and the buying motives, well, they just happen to tie into all of those computers. Right. So how do you take that type of information and, and incorporate it into a really powerful and dynamic presentation? How, do you, how would you go about using dialogue with the customer to get the most out of a product presentation? That's a great question. And with the dialogue, we always, talking, we always talk about uh, the use of tie-downs or logic traps, right? So mm -hmm. something where, hey, Dave, earlier you had said that you're going to be using the vehicle for X, Y, Z. Well, here's why, or, you know, this is why I feel like, or this is going to, you know, you said you had a challenge earlier. And we talk about transitions and, and trying to get the customer um, involved in the presentation. Right. So we try to paint a mental picture and give them an sure. example of, something that we usually throw out there before you get to say tire and wheel what yeah. might be something that you ask them or say yeah i might you know ask the customer so what you know what does your drive look like every day is it uh, if you got a pretty good commute to go to the office or 
you know, and then that type of uh, probing open-ended question sure. will typically allow me to understand a little bit more about what it looks like. And, you know, I can align with them and agree it's kind of a gauntlet out there, you know, so much construction in our particular metro area and all around the country leaves a lot of road hazards uh, out there for us to deal with. So it would make sense that you would do that. So if I get what you're saying, you're really talking about dialogue. So yes, that you can we are talking about dialogue. And, and, and it tailors, it helps you out and aids you in a tailored presentation. But that's what we're getting to is tailoring the presentation. But okay. it's important that they tailor the presentation to their that one specific customer, right? It's not tailored the same way every time. Um, and that's how we paint mental pictures. Remember, as a sales consultant, you paint a mental picture if you're showing that backup camera. Let's say you jump in the car tomorrow morning to go to work and you're you know speeding out of the backing out of your driveway and oh there's your kid's bike right there, right? So how do I paint that mental picture with our products? Well, you said you're gonna be on that trip to such and such, or like you said, with the construction, anybody that lives in uh, Texas knows construction. But right. let's say, you know, I'm up in uh, where I grew up in Baltimore and after the winter time it's gonna be pothole city, right? So right. I can paint that mental picture and then get into the benefits. So essentially, you've heard me say this before. Sell why the customer needs it, not what you have. Sell why they need it, not what you have. I agree with you, and I think it's really um, it's essential. If, if our goal is to build a value and keep the customer off of focusing much, uh, uh, as much on price during the presentation, helping them understand why they need it and how it benefits them has got to be at the core of that. Good, great, great points there. Well, yeah, and Dave, one of the other things that goes along with this we talk about, especially getting into a presentation, to tr try to stop the initial, hey, I don't want to hear about that, I don't want to hear your products as well. You know, we have our warranty review, but at the end of that transition before the product presentation, we've talked about an empathy statement or, you know, giving the customer um, a means to an end. They, can, they understand what I'm about to do and why. Um, so more than empathy, you know, we've always trained sales 101 as, you know, acknowledge the uh, response and empathize more along the lines of, hey, I understand, you know, I feel the same way. But that's, that's not enough. With it can sound clients. a little canned, right? It can. In today's clients, it's not enough. So you know, usually before, if you've been through the training, you know, before we get into the presentation, I might say something like, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Customer here at, you know, EFG Motors, we, uh, we want to make sure that we believe in making sure that you have a great buying experience, but we also believe in making sure you have a great ownership experience. Exactly. The only way we feel we can do that is by providing you or offering you some benefits you're entitled to, and I'm going to go into those now. So who, who's going to argue that? I mean, do they believe yeah. what you believe? We believe in taking care of Do they want to be taken care of? That's an excellent approach. I mean, it's really about... It's us walking in the customer's shoes. I mean, wouldn't you agree? So it's that whole fact of when we're empathetic to what the customer's needs are, what their journey is, what they were, why they're in the market now, that that empathy can drive our behavior and drive the dynamics of a, of a product presentation. Yeah, sometimes I've thrown it out in the beginning if I get the sense that this customer is going to be, um, or, or they start objecting right away, or you know, they're sitting, they don't, you can tell they don't want to talk. Uh, I've thrown it out in the beginning and say, listen, I know you've probably sat through this presentation before. I know that you probably have objections. I know that we, you know, the past of the auto industry is not wonderful, but I can tell you that's not how we do business here. Give me a few minutes to explain how and why. You know, if you like something you hear, then, then great. If not, 
you're under an obligation. And sometimes it just softens them up right away. Yeah, kind of to kind of maybe allows the customer to relax and realize they're sitting in front of a pro. And it's probably going to be a little bit different than the last time they were in the business office. Would you agree? Sure. Or that they're just sitting in front of a regular human being. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it, uh, puts a face on what you're actually doing back there, right? Well, excellent discussion, Mr. Jason Hash. It has been. Really appreciate uh, you taking out the time and us get together to discuss something uh, so important as approaching things from, from a dialogue perspective. And really, my final tip of the day for those of you out there is just remember that the dialogue approach to selling naturally flows in to your product presentation, right? And that's going to be the ultimate value build for your customers in the F&I office. Jason? Yeah, and you know the value, we have not evolved past seeing value over cost. No, it we haven't. It can happen, you can sell. Um, you know, for, for me, a final tip would just be mostly the empathy. You've really got to get into uh, understanding the customer's perception. You know, we talk about customer-centered selling, but you have, you have to think about what's going through your customer's mind when they walk through your office or when you meet them for the first time or what's their perception. And most of the time, it's negative. How are you going to use enough empathy and logic to get them out of that negative perception? How are you going to change the game and separate yourself from your competition? Man, that is an excellent point and a great way to draw a close to this podcast today. Well, listen, that is all for today. And uh, if you saw value in, in what you heard and what you've been listening to, if you want to get in touch with us, just let us, to, just let us know how we've impacted your business. Or even if you just have questions that you would like for us to answer on air during the podcast, please don't hesitate to email us at training services at efgusa.com. We would love to hear from you. Jason? Yeah, thanks for listening to our show. If you liked what you heard, please rate us in Google Play or the iTunes Store. Uh, that's iTunes Store. Uh, and be sure to subscribe to hear more F&I Talk Outside the Box. By the way, did you guys get it? Talk Outside the Box? All right. I like for it. more information on EFG's training services, visit www.efgcompanies.com. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Jason. An EFG production.